You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host here with Daniel. In today's car ride's worth of content, we will be continuing our series on LGBTQ+. We've said it many times and we will say it again. We are not experts. Daniel and I are in the thick of it too, serving and learning, but we want to come here to learn and share together as a community who loves teens and wants them to know their Heavenly Father loves them just as they are. So before we jump into our car ride's worth of content, as always, Daniel, will you please share with us what are you loving? You know I love to cook. Yes. And I tried something new. Got a new recipe for us. I, it wasn't even a recipe. I don't know why I did this, but I really liked it. Um, I tried blistering vegetables. I don't have a grill or anything, so I just used a cast iron skillet, totally just, like, dry. Roasted them. Yeah. Totally dry. Totally dry. No oil or anything in it, and just put them on a hot cast iron skillet, and it blisters them. Wow. And they're not totally cooked through. They still like I did carrots and peppers, and they're not super soft. Beets, but they're yeah, they're That's not soft. Nice. They still have a little crunch, but it's a little like flavor to them, a little char. That sounds good. And I just have them with hummus. That was my lunch for a lot of days this week. I had meatballs with it too, but. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That actually sounds good because I don't like when my vegetables get over soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they still have a little texture. You could grill them if you just did it pretty quickly, but it's the point is to get the char. It's not to cook them through. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, I am loving, you will not be shocked by this, my wedding photos. Oh, nice. Uh, I just got all my wedding photos back and oh my, there are a lot. But I have been looking at them and reliving the day and it was fun. We were together with our families and got to go through them all, big slideshow. So it was exciting and it's very fun. It was a great day. Uh, And you're Allie Wade now. I am. I am. I don't know that we have... I don't know if they knew my... Our listeners knew my former last name, but... yeah much simpler last name now (laughs) well we are in the third episode of our lgbtq plus series we've been nervous like all things we are learning as we go so this podcast isn't by people who have all the answers like i said it's what we're learning together what god is forming in us so we acknowledge that this topic is probably going to be our most listened to episode because people are hungry to hear more about um, all this topic. But we also want to acknowledge that no matter what we say, we probably won't satisfy everyone. You probably feel strongly about LGBTQ plus issues. We're trying to just share from a variety of sources, from church teaching, from scripture, and from our experiences. We mentioned last episode that I was recently able to attend an LGBTQ group that is hosted through a local parish. And there were about 20 people in the group. It was over Zoom. And we took time, probably half an hour of the meeting. Well, even more than that, 45 minutes, an hour. And everyone went around and introduced themselves and explained why they were there, which was really why I wanted to go, was to hear people's stories and and get their backgrounds. Only a couple of people in this group of 20 
identified themselves as LGBTQ. Everyone else, three priests and all uh, the rest were parents. So probably 17 or 18 of these people were parents. Mm. And most of these parents in their story shared that their kids had left or considered leaving the church. And they gave lots of reasons for that. They, their kids said that the church was homophobic and they couldn't attend, that the church lumped transgenderism with the rest of their philosophical moral failings that the priest was preaching on, that um, we just stopped going when my son came out. Mm. So out of this conversation, two things really rose up for me. Number one, the kids of these parents immediately understood the church wasn't for them at the moment they came out or even before they came out. And number two, the families were the ones that were still invested in the parish. Kids were out. They were done. So what are we doing for these families, for these parents, for their siblings? And that's what we want to talk about today. And one thing you can do is to start a group for parents of LGBTQ kids. This is probably intimidating, and you might think the church is not the right place for that type of group. But consider, what are we afraid of? That our faith or that God's sovereignty will be threatened if we gather people together to talk about their experiences, pray together, struggle together, and process life together? Isn't that what we should be doing, though? Especially if these parents are trying to hold on to their church as this person they love wrestles with their identity. So what does a group look like? First thing you have to do is set ground rules. And we have five that align pretty exactly with our small group model of ground rules. One is to listen first. Two, use I statements. Three, what is said there stays there. Four, it's a safe place to share anything. And five, respect differences. We aren't trying to change each other. So seek out who are leaders maybe in your parish who are a step ahead, maybe grown kids out of the house, they have grown kids out of the house, or at least leaders who can manage tension of various perspectives, who are experienced that way and you've seen they have that gift. Always reserve the right to pause the conversation if it gets heated. You can stop, pray, and then return. And also come with a topic, a reading, some questions, but it doesn't have to be a lot because mostly the power is in being in the same room together. So we've wanted to start this and we haven't yet. Like many ideas on this podcast, (laughs) we're figuring things out along with all of you. But we have started the conversations and and researched this over the last couple of years. We've asked churches that do this sort of thing. We've sat in with Mm -hmm. groups and just tried to learn what this kind of group would look like. And we've started to gather some things that could spark good conversation in the group. And it can be a short reading. It doesn't need to be anything Mm -hmm. real long. This reading um, that I'm going to share right now is from Father Mike Schmidt's book, Made to Love, or Made for Love, Same-Sex Attractions in the Catholic Church. And you could get stuff from a variety of books, but this is just an example that he gave. So he said, I once spoke with a woman named Susan, whose younger brother, Jack, has a homosexual orientation. Susan, who honestly couldn't have cared less one way or the other about her younger brother's sexual orientation, gave him this piece of wisdom. She said, the sooner you come to accept that mom and dad are not going to change their beliefs about homosexual actions, the happier you're going to be in the long run. At first, Jack was a bit shocked and he responded, 
But if they love me, then they need to change their beliefs and accept me. To her everlasting credit, Susan remained the loving voice of reason and said, Jack, in the first place, you're asking mom and dad to accept you, but you don't seem willing to accept them or their beliefs. Mm -hmm. And in the second place, if you don't want them to try and change you, then you ought not to try to change them. At that moment, Susan reminded Jack that he was being challenged to accept his parents with their core beliefs as Christians, just as they were being called challenged to accept him with his core belief of same-sex attractions. Your daughter wants a relationship with you. You want to have a good relationship with her, but good, healthy relationships always have boundaries. You can have a real relationship with your daughter and be able to disagree with her. You can expect her to love you and accept you in the same way that she is asking for your love and acceptance. I do not believe that this is too much to ask. It is a sign that you love each other as equals. That is the key. Loving each other as equals means that we can disagree and still love each other. Hmm. So how you discuss something like that can be a basis for the groups. And you can set those ground rules. You can make sure that the conversation doesn't go too wayward. But you need to talk about challenging things like this to have um, something to spark that conversation in your groups. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, another way to support these families beyond just a group is to have individual conversations. One of our families has a transgender college student. As a senior in high school, she asked us to use male pronouns and use a new name. Her parents struggled with this, as we did. We met with Eli and mostly tried to listen. We do gender-specific small groups, so we weren't sure where to place Eli. In this situation, the group was well-established and happy to have Eli. We have individual bathrooms, so that wasn't an issue, but that was part of the conversation too. What about when we went on retreats? These were the first thoughts we had. They're important questions your parish needs to answer, but this episode isn't about those questions. It's about what we realize next, that we need to support and talk about the family. Fortunately, we knew this family because they were very invested and involved at church, including Eli. We talked to Eli's younger brother. We talked to Eli's parents, not to pry, but just to understand how they were doing and how we could support them. I don't think very many people were willing to ask them those questions, and I hope it was a relief for them and that they know we love them. Yeah, we have a responsibility to families and to the people Mm -hmm. that are around them, especially if their kids are not finding a place in the church. Mm -hmm. That can be our connection. The catechism calls us to treat those with homosexual orientation with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. And I would add pretty much all LGBT folks to that call for us with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. In his book, People to be Loved, Preston Sprinkle takes a deep dive into the scripture around homosexuality. And we're going to get into that more in the next episode. But he begins by calling out the church. Now, Preston Sprinkle's not a Catholic. He's actually from Boise, Idaho, my Ooh, hometown. Fun fact. Um, but he is calling out the Little C Christian Church. And he's calling us out on our receptivity and messaging to those that identify as LGBTQ. He says we have to do better. We have a reputation, a terrible reputation, that teens feel like they have to leave the church if they're grappling with their sexuality and gender. So many young people have been treated disrespectfully, coldly, and dismissively by church members. They don't feel welcome at church. 
And the church is exactly where they need to be to ask those questions. It's where their family needs to be. So Father Mike Schmitz once asked his bishop, Paul Serba, what he should say as he gave a presentation on homosexuality in the Catholic Church. Bishop Serba looked at him and said, I want every person who identifies as gay or lesbian in the church to know how deeply loved they are. I want them to know that if I had a parish in my diocese that was filled with only gay and lesbian Catholics, I would love that parish so very much. So do you share that feeling? Do you treat individuals and families with respect, compassion, and sensitivity? That's a great place to start. Well, our one bright idea for you this episode is to seek a couple who raised a son or daughter that identifies as LGBTQ+. Ask for some of their time. Listen to them about their experience. If the situation is right, too, and they have the emotional maturity to lead a group, ask them if they would help you start a parent support group. And that's exactly what we're in the middle Mm -hmm. of right now. So we're putting out new episodes a little more slowly than usual. Uh, That's in part because we're learning and we want to speak really carefully and do this topic justice. So you can expect a couple more episodes in this series. It may be a couple more weeks than usual if you're a regular listener. Yes. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We love you very much. We will see you next time for another Car Rides Worth of Content.